On today's episode of Locked On Canucks, a special Locked On crossover with J.D. Young of Locked On Sharks, where I break down everything that's going on in Canucks land for all the San Jose Sharks fans out there. It's Locked On Canucks on a Wednesday, August the 10th, and it starts right now. You're Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I'm, of course, your host, Justin Pooney. You can find me at Twitter at underscore process sports. Our show's Twitter at Locked On Canucks. Like I said, special episode. I just filmed it with Locked On Sharks host J.D. Young. We are going to dive into Canucks, where I break down the offseason, the non-JT Miller trade, biggest surprises, where the Canucks are going to end up in the season. So it's a special interview for all of you. So take a listen to it and enjoy. I'm your host, J.D. Young, contributor at Fear of the Fin and San Jose Hockey Now. Of course, I want to thank you guys for making us your first listener of the day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can subscribe on YouTube, where we cover the Sharks, your team, every day. But today... We have uh, Justin Pooney on to talk of the Lockdown Canucks to talk about uh, the Canucks and a team that the you know started the last season kind of slow, but then uh, really turned things around. So, Justin, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm good, JD. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk about the Canucks. Uh, let all your Sharks fans know what's going on up here in Canucks land. Uh, the always fun, entertaining Canucks nation and their you know lovely takes throughout the summer and we're during that silly season right now where it's kind of slow and the fans minds kind of wander and my mind wanders as well so i'm ready to talk about the canucks and get ready for the uh, next season yeah so my dog is drinking water right now um the canucks who last year they finished fifth in the pacific 92 points um like i said just missed out on the playoffs last year and i think it was because of the crippling start that they had to the season before they uh uh, I guess before we get into anything, let's talk, you know, kind of a recap of last year where they, like I said, they, they had a brutal start to the season. They've cleaned house, right? They have, they hire uh, Bruce Pedro comes in and it's like, oh, wow, this team has actually got good players again. Yeah, um, it was a kind of an interesting start to the season. Again, last year, um, kind of, um, you know, the year previous, that cold year, the Canucks were, hit the hardest out of any team in the league with COVID. Um, and that mm-hmm. caused a lot of turmoil within the locker room with management and the coaching staff. And it was kind of unsettled. And then, of course, next this last season started. Uh, I thought the Canucks were a playoff team, given how the Pacific Division I thought was going to be. I didn't expect the LA Kings to pop off like the way they did, or the Calgary Flames, for that matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, they get off to that slow, crippling start. where um, Essentially, the players just quit on Travis Green and Jim Benning. Um, for lack of better terms, they quit on the coaching staff and it was time for a change. Um, and a long over change, if you, mm-hmm. especially in the manager side with Jim Benning, who. Um, oh, we, we have made fun of Jim Benning on this podcast. Yeah, everybody yes. makes fun of Jim Benning. Everybody makes fun of Jim Benning. Yeah. Um, there was some positives during this time, but a lot of negatives, a lot of bad anchor contracts. Of course, yep. uh, they traded, you know, three anchors for. Not an anchor, but a contract in Oliver Ekman Larson that wasn't uh, resoundingly approved of. Um, and 
but they turned it around. The second half of the year, you saw they turned it around, and you mentioned they, you know, players performed well. JT Miller had a career year. Bo Horvat scored 30 goals this past season. Elias Pettersson showed why he was uh, showed inclinations of being a superstar, burgeoning superstar player. Quinn Hughes, you know, almost cracked 70 points this year. And Dr. Demko solidified himself as a number one legitimate goalie. So um, when I look at this Canucks roster, yes, they didn't make the playoffs. They just missed out. But there's a lot of good things going on in Canucks land, which uh, gives us a reason to have some optimism looking at the season. Yeah, so let's get into their offseason here. So what do you think was their biggest move of the of the offseason? The biggest move or the biggest – I'm sure a lot of Canucks fans will say their biggest move hasn't happened yet because, of course, they haven't traded JT Miller yet, which majority of the fan base wants JT Miller gone. Uh, I've bounced back and forth on that. I've thought, well, he's your best player, been your best player for the last three years. What kind of message does that send to a, a roster that you know a lot of their young players, their three key young players are entering their prime and they're looking to win. They don't want to be go through another rebuild. So trading away a guy like JT is not the smartest move. But then you look at the other aspect of where he's going to be 30 years old. He's just coming up a career. You're going to want that big deal where you just saw what Calgary gave Jonathan Huberto, an eight-year deal with 10.5 million, which will help them in the short term, but in the long term will not be that good. So Canucks fans are battling with that. But the biggest move, of course, was acquiring Ilya Mikheyev uh, in free agency, giving him a four-year deal. Um, I thought the term and the dollars were a little bit high, but it's free agency. You're going to overpay for it a bit. Yep. Um, but I think Ilya Mikheyev is going to fit in seamlessly with this roster. Um, he's one of the fastest players, probably next to Connor McDavid, one of the fastest players in the NHL. Scored you know 20-plus goals in Toronto this year in only 50-some-odd games. So he has the, the scoring prowess. He has the speed. He can play on the penalty kill, which the Canucks desperately needed. Um, and he just solidifies in that top nine, which I think when you look at the Canucks' top ten forwards, yeah, they're really, really good and can stand with anybody in the, in the Pacific Division, even in the Western Conference. Yeah, and then, of course, the draft. They get uh, one of my favorite guys in the draft, uh, Jonathan Kiramaki. You know, yeah. if you listen to the Locked on Sharks for a while, you know I was I was very high on him as well, and I thought the uh, mm-hmm. Eklund Lakiramaki pairing I could watch that for the next fifteen years. I'd be really happy. Yeah. Uh, but of course, the Sharks trade down, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, another Swedish sniper to the uh, to the pipelines. Not a bad thing, right? Yeah, I mean, general manager Patrick Alvin, of course, loves to tap into the Swedish pipeline. Uh, we've seen mm-hmm. that with their their you know free agent signings. Um, you know, they um they signed. A bunch of another Elias Pettersson. Um, so of course the Canucks have a rich history with Sweden, which is you know they look at the history of the Canucks. They've had a great lead, so hopefully that tradition continues. And of course they signed Andre Kuzmenko, with the prize Russian free agent from the KHL, who will be a rookie, even though he's a lot older than a regular rookie, but. Um, that was another big win for the uh, new front office for the Vancouver Canucks with Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin. All right, how would you, uh, how would you, if you had to give a grade to the Canucks offseason? Well, if you asked me, if you asked me three weeks ago, I would have said <laughs> a B, B minus, right? You know, they yep. addressed uh, the bottom six with Curtis Lazar. Ilya Mikheyev added Andre Kuzmenko. I thought they had a really stellar draft. Um, but this whole JT Miller situation is really 
they're treading on thin ice right now. Now, are they going to – There's from all indications and all reports, there is no – they're nowhere near a contract extension for JT Miller. They're also nowhere near a trade for JT Miller. And training camp, as you know, is just around the corner. And for those of you that – all you San Jose Sharks fans out there don't know, Vancouver probably the hardest market for any NHL player to play in Montreal, Toronto, New York, Chicago, wherever. Vancouver is a fishbowl. The media is on its players all the time, right? It's been widely known across the NHL that some players think that the media and the fans are way too tough in Vancouver, which to be fair, we haven't won anything in 50 years. So of course we're going to be tough on our players. Um, But I'm very worried about that. And, there was the deal at the draft potentially with the Islanders that kind of fell through. We don't know what really happened. Um, you know, New Jersey's kind of moved on. All these suitors have kind of moved on from JT Miller. So I'm worried now about if he comes back and he's still on a one-year deal, every day he's going to be being asked questions about, well, what's your contract situation like? What's this about? What's this about? Not only is he going to be asked about it, but all of his teammates are going to be asked about it. And it's going to become a distraction. Um, so that to me, I'm really worried about. So if you asked me three weeks ago, I would say a B minus, but right now it's incomplete because I need this massive, massive cloud over the organization to be resolved before training camp starts. All right. Before we continue, um, and get into know, kind of the 2022, 2023 Canucks, uh, let's take a quick break. Talk to you guys about our friends over at bet online. You guys know bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check on your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball. You got NFL training camp right now, so NFL is right around the corner. If you're a degenerate and want to gamble on uh, preseason games, they've got you covered there. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so back to the JT Miller thing. I think it's the Sharks are kind of in a pretty similar situation as well with, with Timo Meyer, who's entering the final year of his contract. Granted, Timo Meyer is a lot younger than JT Miller, but I think it's going to be one of those games where you're they're going to go into the season hoping to resign him. And then this it might be kind of almost like Tomas Hurdle last year, where it was like, are the Sharks going to trade Tomas Hurdle? Are they going to keep him? And then right before the trade deadline, the Sharks resign Hurdle. And you wonder if the Canucks, maybe if the season goes poorly, if, if then JT Miller is the best player at the potentially best player available at the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, when I think about it, you know, there, most of the reports happened at this trade deadline that was hap- that just passed, right? You know, there was mm-hmm. all the reports that the Rangers were heavily interested in JT Miller. And if they had acquired him, you don't only got this postseason that just happened, but you also got all of next year. So two basically two postseason runs with JT Miller at a relatively cheap cap hit at like 5.2 or 5 and some change, right? Yep. The value ever since then is going to be dropping and dropping and dropping because you're getting less of JT Miller because you're going to have to pay him. So... Yep. I agree with you said about the you know the Thomas Hurdle, the Timo Meyer stuff, but I, I this the way I could see it going is the Canucks can either a hold on to him, wait until you know injuries are bound to happen. We just saw Max yeah. Pacioretty in Carolina, you know, under his Achilles, he's going to go in LTIR. That open a pathway to Carolina for JT Miller to become uh, and be acquired from the Canucks, Carolina. Excuse me. 
Um, or the Canucks simply hold on to them and use them as their own rental. And they play that risk like the Calgary Flames did with, with Goudreau where, okay, we got one year left, let's maximize it, let's go for the playoffs, try to make a run, um, and then see what happens. Uh, that, to me, is not sustainable. Um, I yeah. think where the Canucks are right now, they haven't – the glory days of the Sedins are, been, are long gone. It's running on mm-hmm. almost 10 years since that era has ended. Um, of course, all you Sharks fans know we, of course, beat you guys in the 2011 Western Conference Finals. Um, no, sorry to rub salt in the wound there, but um, I think... <laughs> One of our many, many playoff failures, believe me, we have a long list of playoff failures hey, that we could go through. <laughs> we have something in common. We have something in common. Yes. <laughs> we, um, but when I look at this management group, they've said they want to build this organization the right way. And that's mm-hmm. not a quick fix. That's taking its time and building the proper foundation. Um, does that involve JT Miller? Well, I would hope so, but um, it doesn't seem like, like said, he fits the timeline, right? Yeah, I don't know if he fits the timeline um, or the budget, because as we know, the Canucks are cap strapped; like they have no yeah. money left. Like there is nothing to spend. So uh, I'm very intrigued to see what they do, um, because, like you said, the defense is the biggest still issue. I know we're gonna get into that in a minute, but uh, the defense still needs a lot of work. Yeah, so I guess what is what is this team's biggest strengths and weaknesses going into this this offseason? The biggest strength is the forward group. I think as constructed with JT Miller, this forward group, um, this top 10 or 11 forwards, can compete with anybody in the Western Conference. Um, maybe not Colorado, because Colorado has mm-hmm. that elite elite talent. With yeah, the, that star, star power, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. but the Canucks, you know, we know Elias Pettersson can you know, play with the best of them, you know. JT Miller's a hundred guy. I'm expecting another big year. I'm expecting a big rebound year from Brock Besser, who just got a new three-year deal. Dealt with a lot of stuff in his personal life last year, the death of his father, the health of his father. Um, I think Brock Besser comes back this year um, refreshed, a clear mind, a clear space. I expect him to have a big year. We know Bo Horvat, who is also going into a contract year this year where he doesn't have an extension and he is, the longest-serving Canuck, the Canucks captain, coming up a 30-goal year. Um, where I I know a lot of people in Vancouver uh, might not be the biggest Bo Horvat fans, but I think Bo Horvat is a great leader. Um, he's going to need a new deal. Um, of course, you have Andre Kuzmenko, Rod Colson, Niels Hoaglander, Connor Garland. I want to see what Jason Dickinson can do in a second year. Um, and, of course, Mikheyev and Curtis Lazar as well. So this forward group is the biggest strength, and if they can click on all cylinders, the Canucks will score goals. The problem is, can they stop teams from scoring goals? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you have a really nice goal. It's just, yeah, the defensive core is kind of, you know, outside exactly. out of out of Hughes, it's kind of, uh, Yeah, I, I mean, when you, I mean, when you look at it, Tyler Myers and Oliver Eklund Larson are very big ticket contracts. It's six yeah. million for Tyler Myers, seven point, I think it's seven. Only six four. million. Come yeah. on, that's <laughs> we're used to the seven, eight, eleven and a half million dollars here. Yeah, so when I, but, yeah. exactly, yeah, who the Eric Carlson trade? I'm not gonna, I'm not making saying anything, but ugh. um, but when I look at the Canucks decor, right, they're not horrible, but they're not adequate, I think, to compete in the Western Conference. You have Quinn Hughes, a guy like as much as I like Luke Shen, and I think he's a great role defenseman, he shouldn't be playing top four minutes. Luke Shen mm-hmm. should be playing on a bottom pairing. Or, you know, a six, seven defenseman, right? Quinn Hughes, we know, is a 
if I want to see, take the next to become a, join those elite ranks, he's not Kale McCarr, he's not Victor Hedman, he could be like yeah. Adam Fox, right, in that type of realm. So I want to see him take a step to become a more elite defenseman. We um, all Tyler Myers, they're not going to be those point producers that they were earlier on in their career, but if they can play an effective shutdown role, they can. Um, the talk of Canucks line right now is should they go after. I think you froze on me. He's going to be motivated. He's going to want to you know, prove to the world he can still play. Um, I think you froze on me. Start on the, uh, the, the talk of the Canucks line. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Can you... No, that's all right. Try to, yeah, start with the, uh, the talk of the Canucks line. So. Oh, P.K. Subban, right? Yep. That's, yeah. Yeah, so the talk in Canucks is should the Canucks say Subban? And last week on my show, I said absolutely because you're going to get a motivated guy in P.K. Subban who played a couple years in Jersey, which we all know is a wasteland in the NHL right now where <laughs> nobody, you, players either go there to die or they leave and that franchise has gone nowhere in the last couple of years. So he's gone there kind of been hidden i think if you can get a motivated pk suban who still is in good shape right he has the mm-hmm. skills if he can step in and be a power play guy and kind of you know pick up minutes like that that would be a great fit for the vancouver canucks so um there's still off out there um but to hold i don't see a total revamp from this defense core until some of those salaries go from off the books all right uh we've or what do you think is the, the best case scenario for the Canucks this year? And what do you think is the worst case scenario? Best case scenario is they finish second in the Pacific division. I think Edmonton is clearly the class of the, um, the Pacific. I think they're the best team. Uh, of course, they have the two best players in the division too. Um, Calgary, yes, they got, they got a Huberto on a long-term deal. They got Uyghur, um, but they lost Kachuk and Goudreau. Right, yep. and how are those new players going to fit in Daryl Sutter's system? There's going to be a bit of a it's regression coming. There. Yeah, there's a regression right? coming there. They're gonna yeah. they're not going to be a hundred hundred fifteen point team again. They're going to come back to the pack. How was LA? LA, of course, they shocked everybody last year, but now teams are going to have a book on them. How are they going to fit in? Right? Are they going to play live up to expect? Because expectations are on them now. How are they going to yep. live to expectations? So there's an opening for the Canucks to. Um, make a make that leap to become a you know the second second seed in the Pacific Division. It'll take a lot of things to go right, but I can definitely see that. The worst case scenario, uh, the team bottom is all finishes dead last in the division. Um, I think Seattle's gotten better. Um, of course, Anaheim's got some young talent. They just got John Klingberg, of course. Calgary, you know, like I just mentioned, they did get Huberto and Uyghur, so they're not yeah. going to be that far of a drop off. They got Kevin Fiala, so all these teams have gotten better um and, and potentially the season could just jt doesn't get resolved and the team just bottoms out and we finish dead last in the pacific or second last as i know you guys are really- oh we're gonna be bad uh all right uh before we finish up uh looking at the canucks and kind of look at some of the young players and intriguing players uh just want to let you guys know of course about locked on nhl so when you guys are done listening to this show make sure you guys go check out locked on nhl uh, they're doing their uh, division power rankings uh, every Thursday. So make sure you guys go check that out. And yeah, Locked On NHL, wherever you get podcasts, and of course on YouTube. Okay, so which which player do you think is most likely to make a big jump this year? Vasily Podkolzin. Uh, of course, he's going to his second year. Um, and 
not so much on the ice. He scored, you know, he showed he can score some goals, right? But mm-hmm. I loved what I saw. You know, it's very hard for Russian players who come from a different, totally different environment, coming to North America, in the North American game, the North American culture. Um, Vasily Podkolzin came into this, into this past season, showed not only he has the skill set to be an everyday top six NHL player, but also off the ice. Every one of his teammates said, this kid understands it. He's, he's the first one in the gym, first one on the ice, last one. He's the hardest worker. And he's learning. He, at the end, by the end of the year, he was trying to do interviews without a translator, trying to speak English. And to me, that is a huge step that this, this kid wants to be an everyday NHL player, wants to establish himself in the NHL. And I think having now two other Russians on the team in Ilya Mikheyev and Audrey Kuzmenko will give him not just all three of them a sense of comfort, and I think it'll make him feel understand the game where I expect another big leap from Vasily Podkolzin this season. And any rookies we need to keep an eye on? I know you guys are pretty kind of tapped out, but yeah. Which, Andre Kuzmenko, I think that's that's everybody who we want to see. Of course, he's uh, was the hottest free agent kind of uh, before free agency started. Uh, of course, he went on that. He traveled across North America, every different team. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the you know, they would ship. They all like I took meetings with everybody. It was Vancouver. Um, you know, Bruce Boudreau, Jim Rutherford, and Patrick Alvin all left and pin on this this young man, and he chose the chose to be in Vancouver. Um, so I want to see if he lives to the hype and what how he fits in the Canucks roster um, and how he, you know, adapts to the NHL game. Um, as a Sharks fan, of course, we, we had the doll-in for uh, Linus Carlson swap a couple of years ago, and the Sharks fans thought mm-hmm. they, they won this trade um, until now Dahlin is no longer with the team. Linus Carlson, is he going to be... Uh, I know he's, he's been playing well in Sweden. Is he going to be coming over soon? Uh, from all indications I've heard, they m- I don't think Linus will be over just yet. This year? Uh, yeah. Potentially Actually, you know, the Canucks need uh, some help in their farm team in Abbotsford. So uh, you never know. After the Swedish season, they might bring him over. But I think from all indications, what I've been told, uh, what I've been reading is that they want to let him continue to develop in Sweden, which I think a lot of their young Swedes, they're just going to let them develop yep. in Sweden. And when they feel ready, uh, they will uh, bring them over to North America. Of course, the Canucks have kind of revamped their entire uh, player development staff. Of course, the Sabines now are um, on ice role at that. They have Mikhail Samuelson. Uh, who will be in Sweden to with these players? So I think uh, having those, you know, those players that have been through those those battles, working with these young players, will just be another beneficial factor for these, you know, young Canucks as they come up through the systems and the ranks to potentially make an impact in Vancouver. All right, the big question: Where do the Canucks finish in the Pacific this year? So I have the Canucks finishing fourth in the Pacific Division, behind play. I did have heard before they signed Huberto. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Canucks finishing fourth in the Pacific Division, but making the playoffs as a wild team this year. Um, I think the Canucks will make the playoffs this year. Yeah, everybody's down on Vegas this year. I I get it, but yeah. at the same time, I'm also like Eichel and Stone is uh, is pretty good. Man. Yeah, they're like, definitely. I definitely agree with you on that, but they just have no depth. Like they can't. They can't exactly. get hurt. There like nobody no can get hurt. In, exactly. One and you, 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 as you all know, Sharks fans know too. 
when you in hockey, it's a marathon of a season. You're gonna get injuries, right? And when you don't have that yeah. depth, especially up front or on the back end, you're not gonna be successful. Um, and just all this noise around Vegas this offseason is not it's not the negative cloud over that organization. So I think um, there I will be in that the thick of it. There will be they will be in the thick of it. But I think the Canucks finish fourth, and I think the Canucks do make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, I I think the Canucks are gonna be right there too. Um, you know, I, I with Vegas, again, there's just, there's a lot of there's just bad vibes coming from them. Where it's just like exactly. just the way they treat their players and stuff. And exactly. you know, we as Sharks fans have seen this, right? I mean, if you go back to the 2018 2019 season, where it was like, yeah. okay, we're they all in for the Sharks, right? You know, they get to the Western Conference Finals, and then you start losing that depth because you got to pay players and stuff like that, and it just starts chipping exactly. away, and all of a sudden the bottom falls out. And I'm not saying Vegas is gonna like the bottom's gonna fall out. But I'm also not not saying that. I, the I, I think this season is huge for Vegas because they just got Jack Eichel, who you know wants to win. He's been dying in Buffalo for a winning yeah. to be in a winning organization. Um, they got Bruce Cassidy, who's a good coach from Boston. There's no denying about that. But he has, you know, there's been issues that he had with certain players in Boston that have now come out after he's left. So how does he ingratiate himself in that locker room? How does Vegas? Because there's pressure. Their owner, Bill Foley, wants to win. He's an aggressive yep. guy, and he's been aggressive since day one. So how does Vegas bounce back after a injury-riddled season? And, you know, giving they've been giving away players for next to nothing because they have no capital. Or nothing. So, literally nothing. <laughs> literally nothing. Exactly. Literally yes. nothing. Um, so I'm interested to see what Vegas does. I think if I, was to put, if I was to put money on it, I would say the Canucks and Vegas both get the wild card spot. Um, but you never know. you got to play the games see what happens yeah no i think i, I think this is going to show how much better the pacific is this year compared to what we've seen in the past couple of years where it was literally vegas's mm -hmm. division and everybody else was kind of fighting for the the second third spots and, and stuff mm -hmm. but yeah i think the wild card i think yeah the the, uh, the western or the pacific will definitely have uh at least one wild card representative um i still think the central is pretty pretty solid too with you know you got it is, colorado, it is, minnesota, minnesota colorado Colorado, dallas nashville yeah they're all gonna be in there so um yeah I, I don't know about dallas i think dallas winnipeg kind of stuck in no man's land nashville's gotten a bit better um yeah. so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fight as it is every year in the west to see who gets those playoff but the, spots the, but the nice thing for them is those guys get to also play chicago a bunch who's gonna be terrible and they get to play arizona is also going to be bad so you exactly, get like some exactly. yeah some easy points there well i guess the sharks are the doormat of the pacific but yeah there's yeah. not as many easy points in the pacific i, I think as there no was definitely not this year definitely not this year no especially what the seattle's done um i think seattle's gonna be a lot better man that yeah. veneers veneers uh right down the middle to start the franchise yeah, uh, Shane Wright. they got bjorkstrand from columbus um Yep. You know, they got Burakovsky. You know, they have some nice pieces now in Seattle. So um, it's going to be a very exciting season, and it's right around the corner, and I can't wait. Yes. Justin, where can the people find you in the show? So you can find me at underscore process sports on Twitter, my own personal account. You can also follow our show on Twitter at Locked On Canucks. Please also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just type in Locked On Canucks on YouTube, and you'll be the first hit on there. Um, and yeah, I want to thank you, JD, for having me on. I uh, hope we can do this again during the season. Um, talk to you know, Canucks and Sharks talk. I think that's always fun. Um, and yeah, it was great to talk and fill in your listeners about what's going on 
just up the, I guess, the I-5, uh, a little bit further distance up the I-5 up to us in Vancouver. Yep. Kind of. Um, yes, and of course, you can find Lockdown Sharks Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. And then, of course, uh, listen, wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey. You can subscribe on YouTube as well. We appreciate all those. Make sure, again, go check out Justin over at Lockdown Connects. Make sure you guys go check out the Locked on NHL podcast. They're still pumping out five episodes a week, even though we have gone down to three. Um, and again, uh, make sure you guys uh, come back next week. Brandon Coe, Sharks Prospect of the Year, going to be on mid next week. So, uh, yeah, got a good one with, with him coming up. So, Justin, thanks, buddy. Thanks, JD.